Good day. Good day, dear friend. Let me ask you a question. And this was asked on many, many news sites. This was, um, in fact, this was on CNN's news site. It reads, prosecutors say Brian Walsh, you've seen this fellow, right? Searched online for, can you be charged with murder without a body? This is this is in a piece from Alicia Abraham. Anyway, here's my question. Right off the bat, it's a very interesting question, fascinating question, because I think people love CSI and. We used to love Quincy years ago, that that wasn't the best. And there's all kinds of interesting things that we're learning with with um, forensic DNA and with... Can you be charged and convicted? People always ask the wrong questions. Just like they, they think impeachment means removal. They really mean conviction of a president or, or vice president or judge or what have you. But can you be convicted of murder... Well, there's no body. Is that even possible? Think about this. And recently, there was a case involving this um, um, there was a case recently uh, involving here we go. Uh, Carol Baskin's dead husband is reportedly alive and well, uh, so they say. There was talk about this. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about these various stories. It was alleged. Um, this is from a variety. and uh, uh, Anyway, but is that possible? Is that is that possible? Is can you charge this? You see what I'm doing right now? It's called research. Very very quick. And how would you do this? How would you do this? How would you possibly, possibly, possibly even remotely do this? Um. How? What happens if somebody's found guilty, pled guilty, or or, or, or is sentenced to, to, let's say, death, God forbid, then all of a sudden, the courtroom door is open, and lo and behold, who walks in? But the, the victim, the alleged, how does this work? Well, it can be done in a variety of different ways. It has been done many, many times before. There have been many cases, many cases. Uh, in fact, it is reported that there have been, according to CNN, this is very, very good, uh, there has been, uh, let me see, the total number, or total. And why more people are saying that, pronouncing it like that, I have no idea. But there have been approximately, is it 800? Listen to this number. It's very, very interesting. Um, 
pardon me, I just want to get the I want to get the words. Oh, uh, some eighty six percent, according to CNN, some eighty six percent of more than five hundred so called no body cases that made it to trial from the eighteen hundreds to twenty twenty resulted in convictions. And this, by the way, and look at this. Uh, said Tad DiBiase, not to be confused with Ted DiBiase, but Tad DiBiase, a former U.S. attorney in D.C. So it's a very interesting question. How do you prove it? Where is the proof? Now, people love to use this term all the time, corpus delicti, the body of the crime. We're going to be talking about that because I think this is something which is fascinating for you. And uh, before we begin, let me remind you of a couple of things. Number one, we ask, as we always do, for you to like and to subscribe to this channel. I cannot implore, I cannot explain, I cannot say enough for you to like this, but also to subscribe. Subscribe is critical. So I ask you most respectfully. If you appreciate what we do, if you like what we do, if you enjoy the fact that you are able to enjoy this and your friends and all of us every morning at 9 o'clock, you are allowed and you are absolutely provided and encouraged to donate using the variety of means that are available before, below PayPal and etc., etc., Patreon. There it is. To keep us going. The old tip jar, as they say, as was said. In any event, we thank you for that. So let's go back to that. What would you do? Someone writes, Brother Julie, well, you can indict a ham sandwich. Do you know where that expression comes from? Do you know where that comes from? That expression. It comes from a dear friend of mine, one of the greatest jurists of all time, and I mean this, this is Judge Saul Wachtler. And Saul Wachtler is the <clears throat> was the chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals. And he said one time in an off the cuff statement to Marsha Kramer, and he said, A good a good prosecutor can can indict a ham sandwich. And later on, Saul Walker, being a good Jew, said, I should have said something like a pastrami sandwich. He doesn't know why he said that. But that is to indict. And it's true. To charge. What do you need to indict someone? Probable cause. Remember this. Remember this as long as you live. Remember this great definition I heard years ago for what is probable cause. And the answer is, he probably did it. One of my favorite lines of all time. He probably did it. And anybody can get an indictment. By the way, during a grand jury, which is mandatory, mandatory, I tell you, during, um, as you know, during... In, in federal practice, it is mandatory for you to get an indictment 
Do you know what is the defendant is, ent- is entitled to do? Let's assume there's a grand jury going on to determine whether you're going to be indicted. Do they hear from you? Well, they like to hear from you, but you most probably should take, uh, believe it or not, you should take the, the, uh, your Fifth Amendment right and not testify. I think they'd be crazy. But you don't put on any evidence. The grand jurors never receive any evidence. Nothing. Nothing. They never hear they never hear the other side of the story. Not at all. Not at all. Nothing. They hear nothing. Do you understand what I'm telling you? They just hear one side of the story. And this is something which I think is the most important. This is so critical and so important for me to tell you. How is it that they're supposed to figure out what to do? Don't they hear, just the police, have you ever read a a, a police statement? Have you ever read a police report? It's the worst thing possible. It's horrible. It's absolutely ungodly. There's nothing good at all in there. There's nothing exculpatory. There's nothing, anything, nothing. It, 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 It provides nothing. One time, and it was a DUI case years ago. I was defending somebody just for DUI. By the way, DUI is the greatest case in the world from a defense point of view because it's one of the only cases, the only charge I know, where a def- well, anyway, where the defendant never intended to commit it. Never said, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to drive. and I'm gonna-. It, it, it doesn't work that way. So consequently... It's one of those ones where people can say like, you know, I, I I, thought I did the right thing. I thought I stopped drinking. I only had a couple of drinks. I didn't realize that I miscalculated. So the jury is thinking, well, the guy tried. He was, because you know you can drink and drive. This is one of the things about DUI, which I find fascinating. The, the only way to stop it, the only way to actually stop drunk driving, believe it or not, believe it or not, is to make any any amount of alcohol that you take in, unlawful. That's it. That's the only way to do it. Because people find themselves in the position of trying to guess how much to drink. They have no idea what they're shooting for. None. They don't know what to do. If your state says you cannot have a point zero eight blood alcohol level, what does that mean? What is it? What does that mean? What does a point zero eight? What? How could you tell your point zero five? What if there was a law that says you cannot have a point three or higher hematocrit per bid? Level. Wait a minute. What? Who has access? Let me just just give me just one second. This is something I want to just rail against. How are you supposed to comport with this law? How? If I tell you the law says you cannot drive over fifty-five miles per hour. If I say to you you cannot drive over twenty-five miles per hour in a school zone, you know immediately what is and what is not expected. You know it. You just look at the just 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 look at the at the speedometer. Simple. 
or if there's a weight, something, some rule that says you can't, well, I don't know why you would, but you, you got to weigh something. Or you, there's a scale. There's something. There's, there's a means by which turn your lights on at night. Well, I know how to do that. But this is a law that says you can't drive based upon a certain blood alcohol level. How does that work? How does that work? Here's another one for you. What if you are in possession of a drug that for all practical purposes is harmless? Let's say the THC levels are so weak. Let's say that you take one, uh, a, 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 here's a, here's some heroin. I've got a bag of heroin and I, and I take a little piece of this little heroin. I've got a gallon of water and I drop it in there and I mix it up. And I give it to you. You're in possession of heroin. Even though you can barely find it, even though but it will test positive for heroin. Even though there's no there's no purity. I never understood that either. I don't think you should necessarily accelerate or aggravate the degree of possession because it's really strong heroin. I'm not saying that. But how does this how does this work? I will never understand this as long as I live. Never. Why are there parking lots at bars? Back to DUI. Why are there parking lots? What what do you think these people are doing? It says bar. Giants game, Browns game, Patriots game, two for one. They used to have sink or swim years ago. They don't have any more. Ladies night, Jaeger girls, come on in. They got the posters, Budweiser and Coors and... Pitcher, that's him. Come on in, have your party, yay! Come in and stay for the game. How long does the game last? How long is the whole thing? What two hours, two and a half hours, halftime? This I don't know. What do they think people are doing there at the bar with a parking lot that they drive their car to? How does that work? Now, I'm not suggesting you should not have. Uh, bars or you shouldn't have uh, drink. I'm not suggesting that. But I've never understood this. You're trying to be a good citizen. You're trying to comply. They're not telling you, don't drink. If they told you, don't drink anything, you'd say, okay, I got it. It's simple. But they don't tell you that. There's something wrong with it. Now, someone writes, let me just get off on the subject because I think it's something which is very important. They say, I think impaired is the key. Do you know what most people will never do? They will never read the statute. They will never read the statute. We used to read and I used to read to the point as long as I live for the rest of my life, it was 363-193. It is unlawful to drive or be in the actual physical control of a motor vehicle to the extent that your normal faculties are impaired. That's it. It is against the law to operate a motor vehicle. What's a motor vehicle? What's a motor vehicle? And by the way, this is a good tutorial. What's a motor vehicle? What is a motor vehicle? Define a motor vehicle right off the bat. Where do you go for that? Is a bike a motor vehicle? Probably not. What about a moped? Remember we had mopeds? What about a what about a riding lawnmower? Well, George Jones did that very famously. George Jones did that. 
Now, while you, while, you, while you think about this very, very quickly, I want to bring up a couple of sponsors. This is very important. We're teaching a little bit about the law and the way lawyers work and the way courts work and the way prosecutors work. But first, right now, as you know, this is flu season. It's always some kind of season. And I'm telling you that you are not getting enough vitamins phytonutrients, bioavailable phytonutrients, which are the greatest bits of medicine and preventative evidence, not evidence, preventative care you can possibly take to ward off flus and conditions that involve an impaired immune system. Our good friends at ZPAC are giving you 15% off for yourself and your kids before they sell out this flu season, what's important? Vitamin C. Vitamin C is beautiful. Ask Linus Pauling. Vitamin C. Vitamin D. Oh, my God. Vitamin D. Vitamin D I could speak about forever. Zinc. Where have you heard that before? And quercetin. Bioflavonoids. I'm not going to go through this. I'm not going to explain this to you. But it's one of those things that I promise you. I promise you, you are not eating enough of and you are not getting enough of. So do yourself a favor. Support our great friends at ZStack. And right now, if you use the code that is attached, you get 15% off. All right? You will be so happy. There's no downside to this, okay? Okay. What's a motor vehicle? Let me ask you a question. Yes or no? My car is out of gas. I'm sitting behind the wheel of a car. The car will not move. It is out of gas. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't. It. Go ahead. Here's the keys, officer. Is this a motor vehicle? It won't run. It doesn't work. It's no, there's no gas in it. Might as well be no engine in it. You're sitting to the side of the road. They don't do that anymore. They just come... No, but the old days. Remember that? That's more of a battery thing. But if it, it just, it's gone. Is that? Shooter says it's still a motor vehicle. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. Mr. Shooter, what if I took the engine out? Police officer pulls over. You're behind the wheel of a car, and there's no engine. You say, "How did this get there?" Well, it was in the back of a truck. We were we were transporting this, and the vehicle rolled off the back of this truck, and there it is, and whatever, and it is there, and it is what have you? Really, there it is. There's no engine in it. But it looks like a car. It's got a key in it, but there's no engine. Is there still a car? Is there still a car? What if your car has been in an accident? Cop pulls up. There is a car. And you're not, you're, you're not let, 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 let's assume you weren't driving the car into the accident, but you're, you're trying to move the car out. And you're drunk. You're behind the wheel of a car. You're trying to get this thing out. But it, it, it won't move. 
Car pulls up, bleep, bleep, gets out, there you are, you're loaded, you're gassed, you're waxed, you're gooned, and you can't move it. Does that count? So right off the bat, we're seeing what is it? And, and there have been people who've been using um, I guess charging them with things like bicycles and, and uh, um, you know, uh, wheelchairs and I, I don't know. So that's a matter of research. Look at the case law. See what it says. I have no earthly idea as to what that even remotely is or represents. Okay? You got that? Okay. Now, who is driving or in the actual physical control? What if you're not driving? What if you realize, I'm drunk. I am drunk and I should not be driving. So I pull over and I want to sleep it off. I'm going to just, just turn the car off. I don't want to drive. There's no, there's no hotels around here. I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm going to pull off the road. Sleep it off. Behind you, there you are. Sitting behind the car, sitting behind the wheel with the keys in the ignition. The statute says, mine said, it is unlawful to drive or be in the actual physical control. Oh. So what happens? And there are these wonderful anecdotal stories about, well, you take the keys and you put the keys in the glove compartment or you or you put the the glove box or you take the keys and you throw the keys or whatever and they think that there's some does that matter it depends i'm not sure i'm not sure it's a very interesting thing and when electric cars come up and electric cars you're going to have to change the rules regarding combustion and and what happens, by the way, if you're behind the wheel of a car and it's autonomous, you're drunk, but the car is driving. Does that matter? I would probably think so. Now, what I've just asked you to consider, what I've just asked you, you're not going to ever think about. You are not ever going to think about. And the reason why is very simply this. You've never read a statute in your life, but they're there for you, for you to read. They're there for you. I can't say it enough. They are there. These statutes are there for you. And you are charged with knowing them. You understand what I'm saying? You are charged. You are presumed to know them. And I'm telling you, you don't. You don't do it. You don't. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not you know, giving you grief because of it, but I'm telling you that most people do not do this. And the same thing goes for virtually everything. What does the statute say? And also, what is the rule regarding prosecuting somebody when there is no body? When the person was never found. They just never showed up anymore. And they suspected you they always thought about this. You haven't admitted it. You haven't confessed it. There's no DNA. But you were the last person to be with them or you might have had a, a, a motivation, a motivation factor. Interesting stuff. Interesting. It's fascinating. And, the infra, and because of the internet, as it were, there's so much data, 
so much that is there for you to review at your leisure. At your leisure. You stop for a second and talk about something else, which is important to me. And I've mentioned this before to you, and I'm going to say it again. Do you remember a while back I mentioned what EMPs are? Remember that? I asked you, I said, what's an EMP? You know this. Everywhere I go, no matter what I'm doing, it's terrible. I say, you know what an EMP is? What? EMP, EMP. EMP, ESG, M-O-U-S-E. I mean, we, we live in a world of, remember, abbreviations, initialisms, and acronyms. An acronym is a word. Radar, you know, scuba, things like that. Apostle uh, cube, remember that person of opposite sex sharing living quarters. That's like, it's a word, it's a sound. But ATM, um, FBI, CIA, those are not acronyms. Those are abbreviations or initialisms. In any event, EMP. There is a Midwest company called EMP Shield. And they've invented a device that you hook up to your vehicle or your home that will protect you against EMPs, electromagnetic pulses. The technology has undergone testing at Keystone Compliance, which is a military certified facility and is listed by the Department of Homeland Security. And this company has devices that can protect not just your vehicle and your home, but your generator, solar systems, ham radio, RVs, and much more. So take your safety and your family's safety and the country's safety into heart and go to the link which I've listed right here, right here, for EMP Shield and see what you can do and read about this. And the information is there and you are so adept and so adroit and so schooled at getting to the bottom of things. Now, Corpus Delicti. Body of the crime, usually seen in terms of confessions. Let me ask you something. What if you went to your local precinct, your local police department, and you said, hello, my name is Gustav Lemke, and I killed Jimmy Hoffa. Where? Uh, In Detroit. What year was it? And let's say you were obviously not old enough. That's one thing. But maybe you're an 80-year-old guy. Could do it. Do they say, just a minute, we're going to arrest you? Is there any evidence of the murder of Jimmy Hoffa? If you walked in, same scenario, walked into a police department and said, I have, I'm responsible for the murder of Gustav Lemke. Who? Gustav Lemke. Look, he's dead. I killed him. Where is he? Um, uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Last year. Just a minute. We don't have any record of it. Well, trust me, he, he he's dead. Is there evidence of a crime? What is the body of the crime? Is there any evidence of it? Before somebody, before you accept a confession, a confession versus an admission. An admission is a particular fact, a particular statement regarding an aspect of something. A confession is a full and total and complete um, admission, if you will, of the entire event, of the crime. 
for burglary would be I entered or remained in the building structure or conveyance with the intent to commit an offense therein. That's this, and that's my that's my confession. An admission might be I entered the building. Okay, that's part of it. We're getting there. But before we introduce a confession, it was there a crime? That's corpus delicti. That's what that means. Doesn't mean if there's no body. But how do you find somebody? How do they how do they do this? How do they do this? How do people get caught? Well, there's a couple of things to it. By the way, I, I, I again I tell you this is very good. By the way, you notice have you noticed how this uh Walsh, Brian Walsh, is it bears an uncanny resemblance to George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. I'm just saying, just by happenstance. But Anna Walsh is the Massachusetts mother of three who hasn't been seen since the new year. She's still missing. Even as her husband was charged with her murder. So what do we have? Well, apparently they, he's, he's left some information. There were people before who have done certain things. There have... For example, there was a case of Aton Pates. There was this young man here in New York who became the post the the child whose face was put on the back of milk cartons. Aton Pates. His body was never found. But an individual and I really have suspicions about this one. Really have suspicions. But there's different things. For example, Technology will give you information. Forensic evidence. DNA, blood, hair fibers, circumstantially you put together. Cell records, bing, you know, he was here, the person was there. And then the car was there, the person's gone, and you were there. Okay. Specific evidence, maybe a confession, maybe he told somebody, maybe he, he, uh, there's always the jailhouse snitch, which you've really got to be careful of. Confessions. You cannot believe how many people just admit things to the police. You 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 have no earthly idea how many people just talk to the police. And if ever there was a reason not to talk to the police, especially federal. It will be because of 18 U.S.C. 1001, which basically makes it against the law for you to lie to federal agents. That's what they got Martha Stewart on. That's what they got her on. Not insider trading, but lying to the FBI. I think, didn't General, didn't Flynn, didn't they get him on that one? I'm not sure. You have this thing called the right to remain silent. I have no idea why people don't do it. It's a right. It's not being a, it's you're, 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 they, they gave you a right. It's like you say, oh, you're taking the First Amendment? Oh, hiding behind the First Amendment, are we? Hiding behind it? No, I'm using it. Well, maybe. I will never understand how this thing works. Why people do this is something that I will never understand. Never understand, period. Now, a couple of things very important too. Let me stop right there. Because you you love this and you're so smart. Do you have any questions about food shortages? What are you going to do in the event, in the event that because of uh, uh, supply chain problems, 
weather, hurricane, who knows? Food shortages. Stores are closed. What are you going to do? You know that sense of panic? You know that feeling when you run out of toilet paper like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Well, multiply that by about a million, and that's what you'll get with this. You can take $250 off their three-month emergency food kit. This, of course, My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company with millions and millions of families already protected. But right now, this kit, providing a three-month, 90-day minimum, provides easy-to-use or to make uh, breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and the like, and snacks for one person for three solid months. And all you have to do is go to preparewithlionel.com, preparewithlionel.com. And I'm going to provide to you, it's very, very simple, this wonderful, very compact, very, 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 very perfectly situated preparewithlionel.com link. There it is. Save $250.00. On a three-month emergency food kit. Prepare with Lionel.com. And by the way, we thank you for supporting us and supporting these wonderful, wonderful concerns and the like. You know, people have always said, and I always find it fascinating, and I've never understood, why is it that people do not have classes Why don't we have a show that explains to people these are your rights? A citizen's workbook on what is your right. What are your rights? You have no idea. One night, I'll never forget this, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life is we have a friend of ours. We were having dinner one night and he was explaining... um, his idea to purchase a, or, or to, to either qualify either for a permit, carry, whatever it was. And my first reaction, my first reaction is, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You have not even begun to consider what you're doing. You haven't thought about this. Yes, it's your right. Yes, yes, yeah. But I'm, I'm not arguing against that. But I want you to answer this question. What if I were to say, I'm considering buying a grenade? What? A grenade? A grenade? Yes. Mm, I don't think you should have a grenade. Well, do you know how to use a grenade? Oh, yeah, I know. The spoon and the boop. Yeah, but when do you, when would you use a grenade? I don't, I don't. Listen, if somebody's trying to break in, yeah, but a grenade? Wait, no, wait a minute. You notice just now that sense of trepidation over a grenade? And for good reason? That's what I feel when I hear people talk about guns. And I'll never forget this. And I have been a student. I've taught at police academies. I have instructed police. I've known and prosecuted. I have defended. I know how this thing works. And I... I'm not arguing whether it's your right or wrong, you're right, but there are some times when you're much better off not having one because you don't know the first thing. You are a dangerous 
instrument of potential problems by virtue of what you don't know. So as we're talking, I said, okay, we were, you know, I'm not trying to be Mr. Cross-examination, but I, I said, no, let me ask you a question. Have you read the statutes? I think I think it was it was New Jersey where this fellow was. Have you read the New York statute? Do you know all about it? Have, have you studied this? Have you talked to your homeowners? Do you have a policy? Right. Do you know when you can use this? Because you're, 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 not, you're, you're not buying a weapon for collection purposes. You're using it as a self-defense tool. Correct? Okay. Do, do you know the statute? When can you use... What happens if you use it incorrectly? What happens? Let me give you an example. True story. True story. Uh, our friends have a, you know, these, there's these like townhomes, they, like, they live next to each other, and they look exactly the same. Just exactly. You, you have to get the number right. It's like, oh, this 12, 18. They look, they, there's no distinguishing. Well, I went to the car, you go, it's a stretch, and then when I walked back, I opened the door and I walked in, and I looked down and I said, wow, I don't, I don't remember they had a, they had this thing for you to put like snowshoes, and I said, I don't remember this. All of a sudden I hear, can I help you? I said, oh, I'm sorry, it was the wrong home. I walked right in. Oh, I'm sorry, pardon me, my mistake, please forgive me. That's what I write. You, know, you might want to lock this door. Because I might walk in. Later on, it hit me. And here's my question. Let's say he was armed. I walked into his home. I didn't say anything. I just walked. I'm looking down. I'm thinking. And he shoots me. Would he suffer any liability for that? I'm walking into his home. I entered his home. First question. Would he suffer any liability? Was it unreasonable? I mean, really look at this. Think about this thing carefully. During the day, somebody walks in. I pose no threat. Is there a stand your ground provision? What's that? Look it up. What about the castle doctrine? Was there any duty to retreat? What? Look it up. I didn't pose any threat. No, of course I didn't. Did I have to? Well, I know who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna um, say I posed a threat because. People I'm with, including Mrs. L, next door are going to say, "No, he went to the, he went to the car to get something. Did he have a bag in his hand? Yeah, that's the bag he got. He obviously made a mistake. How did you think he posed the threat? Do you have to pose a threat? Is it required? I haven't. I I've got to research this. But people will answer a question. They just answer questions. Well, I think if we pose a threat, ah. Uh, I'm I'm not thinking real good about this one. I'm not I'm I'm I've got to read this. I've got to see has it ever happened before in the case in the state of Georgia? Have you ever ha- has the let's say is we're in, we're in Atlanta has the has the appellate courts ever have they ever ruled on this? Is there some, what's good law? Give me something. I don't know. Is there something similar to this? Must I pose a threat? Or is there an irrebuttable or excuse me, a rebuttable presumption that somebody who enters your home and hearth is going to be doing you harm? I don't know. And as I'm talking and I'm thinking, wow, 
Then I went back in, and I'm talking to this family person, friend, family. And he's talking about, well, you know, I've got a friend of mine. He says a shotgun might be okay. And, you know, I've got to clean it. You know, you got to get the cleaning. And uh, uh, I said, well, where would you keep a shotgun? How long is it? How big is a shotgun? Pistol grip? Shotgun? <laughs> You're going to rack it? Do you, where do you put it? Where do you put it? There's no children there. That's right. And he, make a long story short, he had thought of none of this. Absolutely nothing. And I, I'm still wondering, I'm going through this scenario, just like with Alec Baldwin. I'm thinking about his case. I'm thinking about the reasonability, about what I say as a prosecutor, about what I say as a defense lawyer. What would a jury think? You know, the old expression they always say, it's better to be tried by 12 than carried by 6. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe. But I thought, oh, dear God, they don't even know. They don't even know. So think about that for one minute. Think about that for one minute. Because I'm going to tell you about another friend, another, another, some, some great people who make all of this possible. And that's our friend from My Pillow. My Pillow, please use. I ask, I beseech, I entreat, I importune you to use the promo code Lionel for My Pillow. They're wonderful. And they are sponsors and promoters of our show. And they are terrific. And we thank them and we love them. And we think they're groovy, very, very groovy, exceedingly groovy. I think they're groovy. And that's all that matters. I think they're, they're most, most incredibly groovy. And they are here, and I want you to show them the love and respect by going to MyPillow.com and please use promo code Lionel. Promo code Lionel. There it is, right there, promo code Lionel. Or you can call 800-645-4965. Still made in America, great quality. The slippers with new styles are the biggest sellers of them all. MyPillow.com, promo code Lionel. Support them. We thank them and we thank you for supporting them and for supporting us. Now, the law. I'm going to say this one more time. You are charged with this. Let me ask you a question. I have a little pill, you know, display, little thing. And if you're traveling, any medications you take, you know, you travel with them. What does the law say in your state regarding having medication, maybe controlled substances, maybe not, I don't know, that are not in the original, in the original, um, container with the pharmacist label on. You ever think about that? Can you travel with that? I never thought about that. What if you say, when is ignorance against the law a defense? Virtually never. Virtually never. Sometimes it's okay. Remember years ago, Linda Tripp, she was taping... Monica Lewinsky, when she was having her various conversations, and I believe, if I recall correctly, I believe when she was saving Monica Lewinsky, she actually was in violation of the Maryland statutes, if I recall. And yet, 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 she 
how do I say this? She she was a violation, but she, um, I I, I think ignorance was a defense, or or it it's evidence that she didn't. Anyway, to make a long story short, she basically got off of any particular criminal charges because she didn't know. But for the most part, that's not true. You cannot claim, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And what I want you to notice here is this incredible sense of answering the question. Answering the question. You just answer the question. You're just an expert in everything. You just, no matter the question, no matter, you just know. You know everything. History, law, military, whatever it is. You just answer it. Well, of course. If it's 11, well, if you meant to do that. There were the, they used to have these rules. Uh, I remember years ago they said, can you carry a gun in your car? And people would say, well, um, there was a two-movement rule. I remember I was prosecuting at the time. I said, what is the two-movement rule? Oh, you know, that's... So I don't, where is that? Where is the two-movement rule? I have no idea. Where did you come... I, I don't know. There was, this, there was this rule, too, that says if... And for some reason, and I don't know why, people still say this, and they always say it the same way. You know, I've got a friend of mine who's a cop, and he said, if ever you were to shoot somebody outside of your home, make sure you drag them in. I'm saying, wait, but hold it. First of all, why are you doing that? Why are you shooting anybody outside of your home? Did they pose a threat to you? No. What are you doing? What? And why are you dragging them in? Wait a minute, what? What are you talking about? And they repeat this. They repeat. They just repeat things. It's like the 9-11 or 9-1-1. You know, they say that whenever there's a full moon, there are more people who are... Wait a minute, where'd you get that? Well, you know, they've said that. They've proven it. Who's proven it? Well, they. Who are they? What are you talking about? Where does this happen? I don't know anything about they saying this. What is the they? What they? Who are they? What are you talking about? We just live through this imaginary anecdotal world of pretend expertise. We just make stuff up. We just say stuff and we don't know anything and we... I am the opposite. I don't believe anything that I think I believe. I'm checking things constantly. I did some research this morning on Steatopigia. That bloom, I thought I knew that inside. I know nothing about that. Nothing. Look it up on your own time. Always question what you know. Never play games with the law. Never think that the law has anything to do with common sense. Never. Understand that prosecutors are, for the most part, on the state level, motivated by political concerns, and that's a very dangerous thing. Federal prosecutors, political, but still they're appointed in a different story. Federal judges are there for life. State judges, the, the election process. Keep in mind, keep in mind how that works. Understand how juries feel. 
Understand that when something happens, this case will go on and on and on. And if you were to involve your case in something where you were absolutely 100% correct, police officers do not normally, at the scene, make up a determination that, okay, you're free to go. Why? Well, obviously, no. Sometimes you are arrested or you are charged or you have civil considerations. That's why, going back to Alec Baldwin, His civil liability, one thing, very serious. Criminal liability, different story. And that is important for you to understand. Now, here's something. I want you to make a note of this. We put the best stuff up on Twitter, you can imagine. This is my Twitter link. And I ask and request for you to follow such, okay? Very, very, very important. This is, hang on one second here. This is Mrs. L on her website, Lynn's Warriors. Find out what she is doing. Watch what she is doing. Learn of what she is doing. It is simply the most important and critical information that is there for your, uh, for children. While you're on YouTube, let me send you to her YouTube channel as follows. Subscribe to this. Learn what's going on. There are things that are happening that require a tremendous degree of information. And finally, finally, I ask you, oh, 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 one more thing. Excuse me. This Did I give you Mrs. L on Twitter? I think so. These links are very important. I'm I'm big into links, as you notice. I like them. There we go. That's Mrs. L on uh, Twitter. I just did a brand new one. A one, you will love this. But I use it on my, I did it on my private channel. And it is a, you might find this a tad curt, but it deals with certain folks in the conservative world who think that all of a sudden they've made these fascinating revelations as to the real causes behind Nixon and the impeachment and I let it all hang out. No prisoners. Some a tad discourteous, but nonetheless important. So my friends, I wish you a beautiful and a glorious day. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We will see you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Remember, please support our sponsors. And if you would like to donate, support, congratulate, thank me for my indefatigable, inexhaustible, inexorable, duty to make you smarter and wiser and to provide this beautiful forum every day for you to meet your friends and colleagues that you only meet here, I have provided for a series of links for you. In any event, have a great and glorious day. See you tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel. And as we always end with this particular word of advice and caution and love, the monkey's dead, the show's over, sue ya, ta-ta.